Hello, I'm Rubina Malvosian. And I'm Nejda Tsatryan, and welcome to the Weekend Review for the week of November 11th. In the news, the foreign ministers of Armenia and Azerbaijan meet in Washington, agree to expedite negotiations. Meanwhile, Azerbaijan celebrates Victory Day in Shushi. Ilham Aliyev says the September offensive was to teach Armenia a lesson. Pashinyan retaliates and the Lemkin Institute of Genocide Prevention expresses grave concern regarding Aliyev's speech. Russian President Vladimir Putin is to visit Armenia for the summit of CSTO leaders. This week... The foreign ministers of Armenia and Azerbaijan met in Washington. The meeting was facilitated by U.S. Secretary of State Anthony Blinken and comes one week after the leaders of Armenia and Azerbaijan were hosted by Russia's President Vladimir Putin in Sochi. According to Armenia's foreign ministry, the sides discussed the components of a possible peace treaty and acknowledged that there are a range of issues that still need to be addressed. Both sides reiterated the commitments undertaken by the leaders of Armenia and Azerbaijan on October 6 in Prague and October 31 in Sochi. They also agreed to expedite the negotiations and organize another meeting in the coming weeks. Before the meeting, Anthony Blinken stated the United States is committed to the peace negotiations between Armenia and Azerbaijan, and that direct dialogue is the best way to a truly durable peace. According to Blinken, the United States strongly supports the sovereignty and territorial integrity of both Armenia and Azerbaijan, and as a friend to both countries, is committed to doing everything to support them in this effort. Blinken noted that 30-plus years of conflict over Nagorno-Karabakh has had tremendous human and material costs, and that what can be seen now are real and courageous steps by both countries to put the past behind and work towards a durable peace. Following the meeting, Azerbaijan's foreign minister, Jehun Baigamov, tweeted that he urged Armenia to refrain from actions that would undermine the peace process. He did not elaborate on what those actions are. Russia's foreign ministry representative, Maria Zakharova, also commented on the meeting of the Armenian and Azerbaijani foreign ministers in Washington, questioning the U.S. intentions. Zakharova reconfirmed that Russia intends to continue to support Yerevan and Baku in reaching peace and establishing stability in the region. She also noted that with the active participation of Russia and in close coordination with Armenia and Azerbaijan, Consistent steps are being taken to strengthen the trust between the two peoples, develop dialogue between societies, expert circles, and parliamentarians. Zakharova stressed that within the framework of the working group, co-chaired by the deputy prime ministers of Russia, Armenia, and Azerbaijan, much has been done in the direction of unblocking transport communications in the South Caucasus. According to the Russian foreign ministry official, the Armenia-Azerbaijan Border Commission's on Demarcation and Border Security started its work based on the Armenia-Azerbaijan-Russia trilateral statement of November 26th, with the advisory support of Russia. And amidst diplomatic talks and despite the deployment of the European Civilian Monitoring Mission on the Armenia-Azerbaijan border, Azerbaijani armed forces have violated the ceasefire regime on several occasions this week. Armenia's defense ministry reported that last night Azerbaijani troops fired on Armenian positions using different caliber firearms and artillery. On November 10, an Armenian serviceman was severely wounded by Azerbaijani gunfire. Azerbaijan also shot in the direction of the Armenian military positions on the eastern part of Armenia's border on November 7th, the day of the Mirzoyan Bayramov meeting, and on November 9th, the date of the signing of the trilateral statement which ended the 2020 Artsakh war. On November 9th, Azerbaijan's defense ministry accused Armenian armed forces of shooting in the direction of its military positions located in the regions of Kelbajag and Tovuz from Gerar Kunik and Tavush. 
And again on November 5, Azerbaijani troops fired on a tractor carrying out fieldwork in Artsakh's Kheramort village. The tractor was damaged, but the driver was not harmed. On November 9, Azerbaijan also accused the Artsakh Defense Army of firing in the direction of its military positions. A similar accusation was also made today by Azerbaijan. While Armenia and Azerbaijan were accusing each other of violating the ceasefire regime, Dmitry Peskov, Vladimir Putin's speaker, called on Armenia and Azerbaijan to refrain from any action that would escalate the situation on the borderline. And just one day after the foreign ministers of Armenia and Azerbaijan reiterated their willingness to speed up the process of signing a peace treaty, Azerbaijan's president again threatened Armenia. Ilham Aliyev, who was in Shushi on November 8 to celebrate what they called the liberation of Shushi and Azerbaijan's Victory Day, stated that Azerbaijan is not afraid of anyone, adding that had they been afraid, they would not have started the second According to Aliyev, now the Armenian people see the pain of 30 years of occupation. They see what occupation and losses mean. He noted that with the 44-day war was Azerbaijan's response to Armenia, adding that if necessary, they will once again show what they will do to achieve what they want. The Azerbaijani president also said that those who conduct military exercises near Azerbaijan's border in support of Armenia should know that too and if Armenia wants to pursue a neighborly policy, first of all, it should fulfill all its obligations under the November 9th statement. And I'm assuming it's easy to assume that uh, Aliyev meant uh, Iran because Iran was just recently conducting military exercises right. and the, what he continued to say kind of like points everyone in that direction because he also criticized Muslim countries that support Armenia saying that those who destroy mosques cannot be friends with Muslim countries. And speaking about the September 13-14 offensive against Armenia, Aliyev said that it was to teach Armenia a lesson and express hope that Armenia, this is a quote, will eventually understand this and take care of their internal affairs instead of digging the land in Qarabagh. And by digging the land in Qarabagh, we're assuming he meant uh, engineering works. He went on to say that Qarabagh is their land and Russian peacekeepers stationed there are temporary as the period of their deployment is defined by the November 9th statement. Aliyev also noted that after the September attack on Armenia, Azerbaijani armed forces have taken over strategic heights from which they monitor Sisyan, Gapan, Gorgis and Jegmuk. Aliyev used Azerbaijani aliases for the name places. He said that Azerbaijan's actions are, first of all, in response to the military provocations of Armenia. On the other hand, to ensure Azerbaijan against possible military provocations in the future. He also added that the majority of Armenian military positions can be observed from those heights, and if there is an accumulation of forces, the Azerbaijani military will see them and take immediate measures. The Azerbaijani president also went on to say that all this was done in order to force Armenia to fulfill its international obligations, and as a defeated country, Armenia cannot behave the way it has been behaving. This is why, according to Aliyev, his actions are justified. He added that although some Western supporters of Armenia accuse Azerbaijan of certain things, nothing can stop him, as the truth is on the side of Azerbaijan. According to Aliyev, although after the war Azerbaijan has allowed the movement of Armenians through the Lachin Corridor without quote-unquote touching them, Armenia has not granted a connection between Azerbaijan and Nakhichevan. Aliyev stated that their patience is not infinite, warning Armenia once again that if this commitment is not fulfilled, Azerbaijan will take the necessary steps. 
And uh, Armenia's Prime Minister Nigol Pashinyan responded to Aliyev's statements during the November 10 cabinet meeting, noting that they once again proved that the geopolitical ambitions of the Azerbaijani authorities continue to be a threat to the security and stability of South Caucasus and the wider region. Pashinyan stressed that Aliyev made his remarks only one day after the meeting of the foreign ministers when they had not even returned to their capitals. Pashinyan pointed out that with that notorious speech, the leadership of Azerbaijan grossly violated the written agreement on refraining from the use of force and the threat of use of force recorded in the trilateral statement adopted in Sochi on October 31st, just a few days ago. Contrary to the Sochi statement and the Prague statement of October 6th, the leader of Azerbaijan spoke about his ambitions towards the sovereign territory of Armenia with an obvious motive to terrorize the civilian population. Pashinyan stated that Azerbaijan's violations of statements and agreements adopted in trilateral and other formats are chronic, which are evidenced by Azerbaijan's actions in December 2022 when it illegally occupied the settlements of Khazabert and Hintagher in Nagorno-Karabakh and again Paruch in March of 2022 when Azerbaijani armed forces invaded the zone of responsibility of the Russian peacekeeping forces. According to Pashinyan, both of these actions were gross violations of the November 9th statement. He also noted that Aliyev constantly states that Nagorno-Karabakh does not exist, which is also a violation of the statement where the name Nagorno-Karabakh is mentioned four times. According to Pashinyan, Azerbaijan's actions and statements make it obvious that Aliyev not only threatens, but is already preparing the genocide of the Armenians of Nagorno-Karabakh, as it has taken no steps for the safe return of thousands of residents of Hadrut and other Armenian-populated areas of Nagorno-Karabakh, who were displaced as a result of the 44-day war, which, as Pashinyan stated, is a gross violation of Article 7 of the November 9th Statement. He added that in violation of the same point, Azerbaijan is preventing the entry of representatives of the United Nations, particularly the Office of the High Commissioner for Refugees, into Nagorno-Karabakh. Pashinyan noted that Aliyev's intention is also expressed in his comments about the term of deployment of the Russian peacekeeping forces in Nagorno-Karabakh. The November 9th statement entails that peacekeepers are deployed in Nagorno-Karabakh for a period of five years with the automatic extension of successive five-year periods. This, according to Pashinyan, essentially means that the peacekeepers are stationed in Nagorno-Karabakh indefinitely unless all issues related to the rights and security of the Armenians of Nagorno-Karabakh are addressed and all security concerns are resolved. Now, true as this is, there, however, this is the uh, text from the statement which basically says that the peacekeeping contingent of the Russian Federation shall stay for a period of five years with further automatic five-year extensions where six months prior to the expiry of, of the time period, none of the parties declares of its intention to terminate the application of the provision. So technically, Azerbaijan, six months prior to the expiration of the first term even, can say we no longer want the Russian peacekeepers. But Pashinyan also elaborated that the removal of the peacekeepers without clear international guarantees for the security and rights of the Armenians of Nagorno-Karabakh after signing the November 26, 2021 and October 31, 2022 Sochi statements is not only a violation of the mentioned trilateral statements, but also a preparation for the genocide of the Armenians of Nagorno-Karabakh, Pashinyan reiterated. He added that Aliyev's attempts to draw parallels between the Lachin Corridor and the unblocking of regional communications envisioned by the November 9th statement also contradicts that very statement and creates false grounds for closing the Lachin Corridor and subjecting the Artsakh Army 
Armenians to genocide and expatriation. Pashinyan elaborated that the November 9th statement leaves no room to draw parallels between the Lachin Corridor and the unblocking of communications, as the corridor is clearly mentioned in the statement as a five-kilometer-wide transport route between Armenia and Artsakh, while Clause 9 of the statement, which is about unblocking regional communications, does not mention any road, let alone a corridor, linking Azerbaijan and Nakhichevan through Armenia. And the Armenian side has cited this section of the statement so many times. We've been saying this for over two years now. Uh, I don't think it's affecting <laughs> the negotiations process, even though it seems to be in the statement pretty clearly. Well, uh, Pashinyan also reiterated Armenia's readiness to secure a connection between Azerbaijan and Nakhichevan, for which it has put a draft legislation into circulation, which entails opening three checkpoints on the Armenia-Azerbaijan border. According to Pashinyan, it is Azerbaijan that refuses to use this opportunity. By this, he means commuting between Azerbaijan uh, and uh, Nakhichevan. The Prime Minister noted that on December 14, 2021, Armenia and Azerbaijan had agreed to establish a a railroad connection also, but he added that Aliyev breached this agreement as well. Regarding Aliyev's accusation that there are Armenian armed forces in Artsakh, Pashinyan said that all Armenian troops have withdrawn from Artsakh and that the Artsakh Defense Army is now the only force that stands between the Armenians of Artsakh and Azerbaijan's genocidal intentions. Well, the new thing that we learned from his speech was that Pashinyan revealed that on October 31, during the trilateral meeting in Sochi, he had presented the proposal of the Nagorno-Karabakh authorities on this topic to the Azerbaijani side. The proposal was to create a demilitarized zone around Nagorno-Karabakh with international guarantees, as a result of which Nagorno-Karabakh may not need a defense army of such scale. He added that Yerevan is also offering to create a demilitarized zone on the Armenia-Azerbaijan border, proposing to withdraw the troops from the border re-established in 1991, creating a three-kilometer demilitarized zone on both sides of the border. Pashinyan again reiterated that the armed forces of Azerbaijan must withdraw from all occupied parts of Armenia's sovereign territory. He also noted that while the global energy agenda has excited the president of Azerbaijan, it is imperative for the international community to cooperatively take concrete measures regarding the actions of Azerbaijan, which have become a growing threat to peace, stability, security, and democracy of the region. The Prime Minister pointed out that Azerbaijan continues to violate point eight of the November 9th statement on the exchange of POWs and other detained persons, continuing to detain many citizens of Armenia and trying to make this humanitarian issue a subject of petty bargaining. He added that Baku continuously makes the subject of missing persons an object of speculation. Meanwhile, according to Pashinyan, Armenia has 777 missing persons from the first Nagorno-Karabakh war, 203 from the 44-day war, and 16 from the September 13-14 attacks. Armenia will make every effort to complete the delimitation of the Armenia-Azerbaijan border as soon as possible to unblock all regional transportation and economic connections and sign a peace treaty with Azerbaijan as soon as possible, Pashinyan said, adding that if anyone thinks that the peace agenda is the peaceful annihilation of Armenia or Armenians of Nagorno-Karabakh, they are sorely mistaken. The peace agenda is the peaceful development and coexistence of Armenia in the region, he said. And uh, uh, Pashinyan is going to be holding a press conference today uh, at 
8 p.m. Uh, he will be answering questions from Armenia's public TV also. And this is something that we've discussed before because uh, his online press conferences, people used to submit questions and then they would be a, a process of selecting the ones he only wanted to answer. This time is only taking uh, questions from Armenia's public TV. The Lemkin Institute for Genocide Prevention expressed its grave concern regarding Ilham Aliyev's speech delivered in Shushi. According to the Institute, the speech contained genocidal rhetoric where Aliyev reiterated threats to attack Armenia. President Aliyev's rhetoric is inherently genocidal in nature and uh, relies on common euphemisms for genocide. President Aliyev's use of dog whistle terms such as threatening tragedy that awaits Armenians and references to Armenia's patients are just a few examples of such rhetoric, the statement by the Lemkin Institute read. It called on the international community to acknowledge and condemn this rhetoric in order to avoid another genocide against the Armenian people. In a statement issued on the second anniversary of the end of the 44-day war, the EU called on both sides to turn the page on enmity and continue reconciliation efforts in order to prevent further unnecessary loss of human lives and damage. The European Union welcomed the numerous steps undertaken by the Armenian and Azerbaijani leaderships to overcome their differences and reach a durable and sustainable peace in the region, according to the statement. While the negotiations are obviously difficult and will require time, it is crucial not to lose the momentum to agree on concrete steps forward and to ensure a safe, secure and prosperous environment for the benefit of all populations in the region. This week... Azerbaijani telegram channels have been disseminating information that the Russian peacekeepers are transporting different weapons to Artsakh under the guise of humanitarian aid through the Lachin Corridor. Artsakh's foreign minister, David Babayan, called this geopolitical blackmail, informational blackmail, and terrorism. And the Indian Business Standard news outlet reported that an Indian armed manufacturer will sell 155mm self-propelled artillery to Armenia for 155 million US dollars. The firm is expected to supply Armenia with the artillery within the next three years. In diplomatic news, Armenia's foreign minister, Arad Mirzoyan, is in Paris for an official visit where he is expected to meet his French counterpart, Catherine Colonna, and other French officials. At the time of recording, the meeting had not taken place yet. And the Secretary of the Security Council, Armen Grigorian, has been to Poland, Lithuania, and the Netherlands on official visits this week, where he met a number of officials, including his Polish and Lithuanian counterparts, regional security issues and challenges, as well as bilateral relations with the respective countries, were on the agenda of discussions. Also, on November 9th, Prime Minister Pashinyan held a phone conversation with Vladimir Putin, during which it was confirmed that Russia's president will visit Yerevan on November 22nd to participate in the summit of CSTO leaders the next day. The CSTO summit is also expected to discuss possible CSTO assistance to Armenia. The leaders of Armenia and Russia also exchanged thoughts on a number of developments that took place after the trilateral meeting held in Sochi on October 31st as well as on the implementation of the agreements reached on humanitarian issues. And coming back to Pashinyan's uh, speech in uh, the, the, during the government session, where he also said that um, 
Azerbaijan is hindering the normalization of relations between Armenia and Turkey. Uh, Turkey's President Recep Tayyip Erdogan blamed the Armenian diaspora for, for this. According to the Turkish president, the Armenian diaspora is not happy about the Armenia-Turkey dialogue, which negatively impacts the normalization process. Erdogan also reiterated Turkish statements that Armenia-Turkey relations will improve if there is progress in the relations between Yerevan and Baku. Erdogan said that Ankara is expecting positive steps towards Turkey and Azerbaijan from Armenia. On November 5, Armenia's parliamentary opposition organized a rally at French Square in support of Artsakh. Over 5,000 people attended the rally. The organizers of the rally announced that the authorities cannot sign any document that can undermine the rights of the people of Artsakh and, and that the challenges that Armenia faces can be overcome by creating a national government unifying Armenia, Artsakh, and the diaspora. Armenia's second president, Robert Kocharyan, was also present at the rally. Today, opposition I Have Honor Alliance member Taguhi Tovmasyan announced that her alliance will participate in next week's parliament session. According to her, this does not mean that I Have Honor will not continue to fight for Pashinyan's resignation. They will still resort to street protests and other measures. The parliamentary opposition forces I Have Honor and Armenia alliances have been boycotting the parliament session since April. It is not known whether the members of the Armenia Alliance will return to Parliament. The European Court of Human Rights has reached two verdicts against Armenia this week. One of the cases concerns the death of Artak Nazarian, who allegedly committed suicide while in military service in 2010. The court ruled that Armenia's authorities did not guarantee the servicemen's right to life and failed to conduct an impartial investigation into the case. Nazarian's family questioned the official version of the circumstances concerning his death. Armenia has to pay 20,000 euros to Nazarian's family as moral compensation and 3,500 euros for court expenses. The other case concerns Vahan Khalafian, who died in a police precinct in Chagansavan in 2010. The ECHR ruled that Khalafian's right to life and prohibition of inhumane or degrading treatment was violated, and that on the very first day of the investigation, the police accepted suicide as the cause of death without justification. The government has to pay 50,000 euros in compensation to Khalafian's family. And as we reported last week, a reserve serviceman is suspected of killing another reserve serviceman during training. It was revealed now that the culprit was on probation, as two years ago he had stabbed a fellow villager. He was sentenced to three and a half years in prison, but the court decided not to enact the verdict and put him under probation. He was still on probation when he was called for a reserve training. The defense ministry states that criminal probation is not a reason not to recruit people for the reserve trainings. Armenia's prosecutor general's office is disputing the legality of the privatization of the Sil Plaza Business Center in Yerevan, belonging to the family of Khachatur Sukhyasyan, a businessman and parliament member of the ruling civil contract party. The prosecutor's office demands that the administrative court deprive Sukhyasyan and his family members of the ownership rights of Sil Plaza. The administrative court imposed a ban on the property. Sukhyasian's family privatized the property 25 years ago for a little over 5,600 U.S. dollars. The prosecutor general's office demands to recognize lack of jurisdiction for the privatization of the property and, as consequence, invalidate the state registration of the property. And for those of you who do not know Sil Plaza, it's it's on Abovian Street, very close to Republic Square. It's this beautiful corner building. 
think uh, for uh, on on the cross section basically with uh, Buzand and uh, Abovian. And the police announced that starting November 14th, people who want to apply for Armenian citizenship, review passports, or renounce citizenship can make appointments online via the e-request.am platform. The decision comes after massive lines were formed at passport and visa centers in Armenia during the summer as people were trying to apply for citizenship or get their passports renewed. And for the first time since Armenia's independence, an Armenian gymnast won the World Championship for the gymnastics vault competition. And Sona, who is our podcast producer, always wants good news on our weekend review. Sona, <laughs> this is for you. Uh, and uh, on that note, that was all for this week. See you again next week. Thank you.